I'm sorry. I'm extremely sorry. You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. And you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. And you never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. Oh, yes. Welcome along. It's another great episode of the Fantasy Dingo. I am the Dingo. This is an emergency podcast being called today. By two great guests on the line, we have in San Francisco the great Adam Risman. Hello, Adam. How's it going? And uh, down deep in the Mississippi Delta, I presume he's still in the Delta. Uh, the one, the only Andrew Eubank. Eubangles, welcome to the show. Hi there, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Are you still in the Delta, or where where are you these days? Yes, uh, I'm actually sitting in a room right here with a bunch of boxes. So we are heading out in about three days. God bless it. That's <laughs> great. Where are you off to? You were in a position of a draft, and you were drafting places to live. Where you make live, the equivalent of where you would draft A.J. McCarron. <laughs> that's right. Probably a late 14th, 15th, maybe take a flyer on that thing. Well, that's uh, that's exciting time. Well, th- hey, thanks for giving us your time today. Uh, we wanted to check in. It's now a month, about a month to go until most fantasy drafts are going to be hitting, and especially the thrill is gone. We'll be drafting, I think, in about 31 days. So... Uh, I wanted to get in a little bit. I know you guys have been going, bouncing back and forth with G-chats and emails about draft philosophy, how you're seeing the 2015 season, what's deep, what's shallow, what's new, what's old. Uh, Eubank, I'll get your perspective first. What are you most looking forward to about the 2015 season? What sort of draft philosophy are you taking this year? How are you going to approach the draft this season? Well, uh, I've been known to try out some draft philosophies. One time I did take two quarterbacks in the first four rounds. Um, didn't work out great. Made third place that year. Um, but this year I think I'm going to stick to the tried and true, just click it over to running back and just get four good guys there because um, nothing, uh, nothing can hurt your team more than missing out on a stud running back and, and losing those points there. And also there's trade value with running back, so the more good guys you can get, the better. What do you think about if you if you're drafting late in the first round, early in the second round, and the top four stud running backs have gone off the board, and there's a guy like Gronk, or there's a guy like uh, Des Bryant still there, or there's an Andrew Luck, you're not reaching for a quarterback or a tight end or a, or a stud wide receiver there. You're sticking to a, a running back like uh, Demarco Murray or C.J. Anderson, someone who might not be as trustworthy, uh, or, or are you going to go and grab one of those one of those studs? I think, um, you know, you have to really consider where you are in the draft there. It depends on the draft psyche that you got going on. If seven or eight running backs go off and you're pick number 10 or 11 and you got guys like Antonio Brown or Des Bryant still hanging around, I'd say you take one of those two elite uh, wide receivers. But if you're, if you're 11th and Des has already come off the board or Antonio Brown's already come off the board, the safest bet is not to reach for a quarterback where the you know, the range uh, is, is pretty close between Andrew Luck, Andrew Rogers, or Aaron Rodgers, and, and the rest of the pack. You want to keep uh, your eye on the prize and get those running backs. Because if you miss out on those top-tier guys, you can get an Arian Foster, you can get a Matt Forte down there. If you miss out on those guys, you're going to have to come all the way back around and you're stuck with people like Latavius Murray, and you don't want that. Adam, you agree? I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, you were mentioning the ability to take... Antonio Bryant late in the first round. Now, um, I have a quote from you from earlier. 
Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Been on the league for years. Antonio Brown. I have a quote from you from earlier in regards to all the Steelers players you called spoilers. Quote, in all caps, I predict the chickens will come home to roost on the circus Tomlin is running. I stand by that comment. No, I'm not drafting any Steelers this year. Why is that? Uh, Mark my words. Why is that? Listen, okay, the Steelers have been a joke of a disciplined, you know, organization for, for ever since Tomlin came on board. Okay, you we, sound like a Bengal Coma right now. No, I'm just saying. Look at the facts. We got uh, Santonio Holmes with the dick pics. We got multiple arrests for drunken driving. We we have uh, Roethlisberger assaulting a woman wait, in a wait, bar. You're, we have you're, you're talking Le'Garrette about Blunt. Hold on. We have Legarrette Blunt and uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, smoking weed in a car and driving way over the speed limit. Okay, there's no discipline. There's no character checks on that team. And I, I feel like if you're drafting any any Steelers, you're going to be hurt by suspensions all year long. It's something that happens year in and year out. It's going to affect the whole team, and that defense has been deteriorating, and that, that offense is going to get worn out. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to cite some statistics here for you. Uh, last year, the Steelers, uh, who, by the way, have pale in comparison of arrests compared to your Bengals, top four quarterback, top two running back, number one wide receiver. That's all falling off the cliff? Yeah. I'm telling you, chickens are coming home to roost. That's interesting. You mentioned. I agree. Uh, I agree that they, I would not take their kicker. I'm out of their. <laughs> you, uh, you, bank. You mentioned suspensions there. Le'Veon Bell's got a suspension. Brady obviously has a suspension coming down. How do you treat those guys? Do you see Bell dropping out of the first round, and and where do you see Brady ending up uh, with a four game suspension? What round would you see him going in? I don't see Bell falling off. I think Bell still is a top eight pick. Um, even a top five pick if, if a guy is really into name recognition and just is looking at the Yahoo rankings or the ESPN rankings, I think um, he can definitely still fool some people. Tom Brady, on the other hand, is such a high-profile thing, um, and his age doesn't help him. I think uh, I did a couple mocks yesterday. He's been falling off until, like, the Ryan Tannehill level. He was going 52 average draft pick before this, uh, the uh, upholding of the suspension came down. And now he's down around 90. So I think you're going to see that happen in our league. You're going to see that happen in leagues across across the nation. Adam, what about you? Do you think uh, do you think Tom Brady's still worth a pickup this year? I I have very publicly told everyone that will listen that Tom Brady will not slip past me in the ninth round. Interesting, interesting. Well, Adam, you saw you heard uh, Eubanks going for four running backs first four rounds. How are you going to approach the draft this year? What's your strategy going into it? Uh, my tried true strategy has not changed for years. Uh, I would go running back, running back, running back, or tight end, and then running back. So very bluntly, which what sort of tight end are you looking at around there in the third round? Are you looking at a Jimmy Jimmy Graham pickup, or uh, who have got your eye on there in the third round? You know, there's a player that was on both your rosters last year that uh, I think is a great worst case scenario tight end. Greg Olson, round three. Uh, Greg Olson. Wow, round three, uh, Greg Olson. There's, there's two other guys that could uh, hop into the conversation in round four, but I think you've got to get a, a tight end before the end of round four this year. It falls off. That is, that is a ridiculous claim. I'm telling you this because if you look at Gronk's stats and you look at Jimmy Graham's stats, they can have record years, but the the range between you know top-tier tight end and second-tier tight end is it's about 40 points. You take a tight end round three or four, 
you're losing out on a wide receiver that might have a, a range, a gap from the top tier to the second tier of 40 or 50 points. So it's ridiculous to think that you should take a, uh, a tight end before for round six or seven in this draft, I think. Who do you have? Do Jimmy Graham there, early third round? I think he will be there. I, I, I see Jimmy Graham uh, take going in the third round. I see Gronk going in the first or second round. But I, I wouldn't take them just because I don't think the range is there. I think there's value in the tight end position way further down the, down the draft. And the tight end position is one of those things that can get hot. You can take a guy off waivers every week and uh, score a touchdown. So, Who do you think Eubank yeah, is I the... See, I see you as the kind of guy that rides Larry Donald after he has a three-touchdown game for about eight weeks too long. <laughs> Eubank, well, you... <laughs> as you know, last year, I, I don't want to cite um, my great pickup at tight end. It was Antonio Gates. He went in the ninth round, got dropped in the second week because he wasn't performing to the standards. As you said, he's washed up. But you can find a guy like that. You can find a Heath Miller. You can find a Kyle Rudolph who's coming off of an injury. You can find somebody like that who's, you know, been plugged into the offense. And all of a sudden, he's the go-to guy. He's the security blanket. You're looking at young quarterbacks. You're talking about Julius Thomas is slipping down to the seventh round. He's got a young quarterback who's going who's gonna to look for the biggest targets. And that's Julius Thomas in Jacksonville. If you look, if you look at Julius Thomas's numbers last year, they were all touchdowns and, and not yards. They're not getting in the red zone with that offense. Up or well, down? Maybe, change, maybe it changes in Jacksonville when they have uh, they don't have Peyton Manning. I I like your thoughts on Zach Ertz, Ebank. Are you Zach high or low on Zach Ertz? Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm indifferent on Zach Ertz. I think he's one of those guys who is a value pick. You can get him and. The eighth round, the seventh or eighth round, and, and still he'll he'll get you 100, 110 points this season. Whereas if you draft Gronk in the first round, he's going to get you 160. But is it worth losing that wide receiver or running back at pick seven, eight, or nine? And I don't think so. I'm low on tight ends this year. I think I think you can wait. I want to talk a little bit about and, uh, about the running back two position because I think it plays into this tight end discussion a little bit as well, which is if you're saying, Eubank, about drafting multiple running backs in the first four spots, Risman, you're talking about drafting at least three running backs in the first four rounds. Who do you have at the bottom of... Who do you think is the very bottom of who you would want for your running back two position? Are you talking people like Lamar Miller, uh, Carlos Hyde, uh Todd Gurley, have you got them them at the bottom of your RB2? Or do you go further down to Jonathan Stewart, Latavius Murray? Would you be happy with them as your RB2? Or where do you have that, that drop-off between RB2 and the flex position sort of sitting this year? And where do you expect that pick to come in terms of rounds? There's a lot of high-ceiling, low-floor guys that fit into that category you mentioned. Uh, there's a lot of rookies that people are high on. You've got uh, someone like TJ Yeldon that you know is going to get all the carries in Jacksonville. Um You've got Todd Gurley coming off knee surgery. Uh, you've got Joseph Randall, who may or may not be arrested by the time you put this online. Uh, there's, there's a lot of risk-reward there. Um, so I think it's a bit of a crapshoot at number two. But you know that those guys are going to get carries, so it's worth a pickup. I think if you are a late first-round pick, your RB2 is much better than those guys. I think you're talking about RB3 if you're a late round, but uh, late first round pick. There. Yeah, right. I'm, 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 I'm talking about people drafting at the beginning of the first round who are going to trail off. So you're at, at least the way your board is looking or, before you know your draft order. You're bottom right. of the RB2 pile. Yeah, or someone who right. takes and a... if you are drafting the first round there, you're going to be reaching for those guys. I think right or the early first round, you're going to be reaching for those guys in the second round. Um, but I, what I would tell you, and I, I noticed. 
that um, Adam didn't mention Tevin Coleman, who I, who I think personally, just from my uh, my research and my psychoanalytic here, um, Adam Risen might reach for to- for uh, Tevin Coleman in his fifth round pick, his second fifth round pick, and I can I can assure you that he will not be there. Where are you getting this intel? Uh, just uh, I've, I've uh, word on the street. I've just. Adam, do you have Adam? Do you have some kind of intel looked, into the into the Falcons camp? There, do you see? Do you know that Tevin Coleman's going to be the starting running back over Devonta Freeman this year? I can tell you who I don't trust, and that's uh, Devonta Freeman. Is Roger still there? They let Jaquiz go. Jaquiz is gone. Uh, I would be I would be unequivocally lying if I told you I did not have uh, done any firsthand scouting on Tevin Coleman at the college level that caused mild uh, to major um, boiling in my blood. Well, let's uh, let's talk about another rook. TJ Yeldon, you mentioned Risman as the as a potential RB2 coming out, getting all the carries in Jacksonville. I feel like we had the same conversation last year about Toby Gerhardt in Jacksonville. Is Jacksonville a team, you've saw, uh, Eubank, you've mentioned uh, Julius Thomas, Risman, you've mentioned TJ Yeldon. Do either of you think that Jacksonville is one of those do-not-draft teams where you don't take anyone from that team? And if you do have some do-not-draft teams, who else do you have on that list this year? The Raiders. <laughs> I, I don't think you, know you draft any Raiders players. No year. Latavius? No Latavius. I'm super out on I think Latavius is, is somebody you should stay away from, but I, I, I think the Raiders passing game should be more improved. Uh, Carr is a pro quarterback. He's going to be in the league for a long time. And they got a, I think they're a rookie wide receiver. You can... We saw from last year that rookie wide receivers can come in right now, right in, right away, and, and make a big difference. Now, concerning the Jags, I think last year they were definitely a do not draft team. Toby Gerhardt was like sort of a steal in the fifth, sixth round. He thought he would, he would get a lot of carries. Didn't work out that way. But I think they have, you know, matured as a line. They've matured as a passing game. So their offense, I think you could you could draft a few guys out of there. Um, as for other do not draft teams. I would definitely definitely look at the Jets, and I would look what at what about the, the Titans? Uh, I think the Titans are another do not draft. Um, you go, you've got some insight into their backfield. How do you feel about their backfield situation? You lose Dingo. Oh me, sorry the Titans. <laughs> I think it was you, man. Oh the Wait, Titans. Fuck up, Bishop Sankey. I'd stay clear. Of yeah. the, I'd stay clear of the Titans' backfield this year. Brisbane, you're the one with the real interest in the Titans. Doriel Green Beckham coming out this year. Do you see him as being a top five rookie receiver this year on the Titans? I think he's got a Kelvin Benjamin type ceiling. If uh, we see that his quarterback knows how to throw the football to the right team, yeah, which he did in college. He did pretty consistently. The thing with Mariota, I think he's two years away. I don't think he, I don't think you draft anybody who's catching the ball from him until 2017. So maybe draft DG, DGB uh, next year and then keep, sign him to a two-year deal, and maybe that will work out for you. But he's going he's gonna to have to learn because the game is much quicker than playing uh, Wazoo um, instead of they, they the Browns and, and get slaughtered, I think, this year. I see, uh, I see Risman taking him somewhere between the 7th and 13th round this year. But... Uh, but you guys mentioned Speaking that... of the Browns, there's some <laughs> interesting players on the Browns this year. Who do you like on the Browns? I've had a few Browns players. There's, uh, well, 
without tipping my hand too much, there's a running back in the Browns organization that I find highly intriguing as a flex candidate this year. Isaiah Crowell? Mm-hmm. Isaiah name? Crowell. Now, now Isaiah has been known to um, carry firearms outside of his home, so we'll have to see if that <laughs> catches up with him again. But should he be able to keep the guns in said gun locker, I, I think that you would do much worse than having him as your uh, RB3. I want to talk. Uh, I want to talk Jets a little bit as well. While we're on the the mode of this stinky teams, you guys said Jets were a do not draft this year. I've been reading quite a few reports about the the underrated value of Brandon Marshall in the fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth round in in fantasy drafts. Uh, do you have any faith drafting Brandon Marshall this year? Is he a guy you would put on your do not draft list, or do you think he can make something out of Geno Smith? I mean, look, similar to Eric Decker. He is uh, he's going from a, uh, you know, as, as you know. He's wearing green. He's a jet. Of course <laughs> he's, you don't draft. Are, he's better than Eric Decker, though. Much, you make and I are staunch Jay Cutler defenders. And like Jay uh, and the Eric Decker situation, um, Eric Decker coming from Denver with Peyton Manning uh, and then dropping off to Geno Smith, you've got Brandon leaving Jay and dropping to Geno Smith. Uh, Decker... Decker went down six touchdowns being linked up with Geno Smith last year. Went down uh, 13 catches and 1,300 yards. I expect a similar drop-off with Marshall. And see, that's the thing that you got to think about with running back versus wide receiver when you're drafting early is there's so many factors that go into a wide receiver's stats. You have to take into account not only uh, the passing, the, the, you know, the quality of the quarterback, is to take into account the quality of the line and the pressure that gets to the quarterback and things like that. And, and, you know, the wide receiver gets hurt more often than, than any other position because they are the ones putting their bodies at risk over the over the middle and up over the top. So drafting think... wide receiver, to me, is, especially in early rounds, is, is, is foolhardy. But you don't think I don't a guy know like... if Marshall has the mental makeup to be a New York City athlete. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be able to handle that. Aside from that, though, you don't think that Marshall can go up and get it like Decker can't? I mean, Decker was pretty average in that, but the whole offense was pretty average last year. But you don't think uh, Marshall can go up and get it in a way that Decker can't on the on the Jets lineup? Well, he can only go up and get it vertically probably about 36 inches, and his wingspan on an arm-by-arm basis is probably about, uh, I don't know, three, three and a half feet each arm. The ball has to be within that radius, that catch radius. I, <laughs> I don't see any Jets quarterback getting that within that radius. And, and uh, to drive your point home, he's more of a body guy. He he uh, he plays way better in traffic. He's not an over-the-top guy. And I think Eric Decker's the same way. They're both not over-the-top guys. So the passing game is really going to hurt because they don't have that one-two punch. Um, they, they have two receivers that... I mean, obviously Marshall is a ten times better athlete um, than Decker, but they both sort of play the same game. Look. Now, also, there's some news. Some news with Marshall. He was uh, in Jamaica for his sister's wedding recently, and is worried that inhaling secondhand marijuana smoke may show up in his next drug test. So they're coke. Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> Decker or Marshall? <laughs> Marshall. Okay. <laughs> that is problematic. Decker smoke with third hand. Look, we're bouncing around everywhere here, but uh, I've got a couple of teams. Jeff talk. 
I've got a couple of teams I'm interested in getting your perspectives on. Uh, uh, Eubank, the Bengals are primed for another mediocre season this year, uh, <laughs> but they've 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 seemed to have cleared things up in their backfield. There, do you see any reason if people draft Jeremy Hill uh, in the first round? that people could be worried that he's going to lose touches or, or significant touches to Gio Bernard this year, or, or is that completely resolved? No. There, I mean, I mean that's any, any, uh, any team has a third down back, and that's what Gio is. And he's, he's a guy who can play on, on, uh, he can play on the same play as Jeremy Hill. He can line up the slot. They can do a you know, double option type thing with um, Gio and Jeremy in the backfield. Now, um, to talk about the Bengals and their their success this year, I think they're they're going to definitely make a step. The problem last year is they had such turmoil with their offensive coaching and their defensive coaching, but nobody really knew what they were doing out there. So another year under the same coordinators, it's just going to you know. And we have so many guys in a contract year. What's going to happen is you're going to see an elevated play on both sides of the ball. Um, we sort of got the band back together with on the defensive side of the ball. So I think Cincinnati might be a, a week four pickup, the defense. Um, you're going to see a, an, incre- an increased sack number there. And the offense is going to click along. I mean, it's a good offense as long as we're not playing in prime time where we see bad Andy. Um, so if you're going to get some Bengal offensive players, make sure they're not playing on Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football. Uh, Rizman, hey, uh, do you agree or disagree? I a, well, I, I have a question for you. Over under... Sure. We'll, we'll say over under three and a half years when Andy Dalton is no longer the quarterback of the Bengals and it's just simply a public defender in the uh, area court system. I, I think oh, I think over. I think he, he definitely ends his career as a, a quality quarterback. He's on par with names like Dan Marino and Peyton Manning with the first four years of his career. So I'm not saying that he is those guys, obviously. I mean, he might be Marino. can't win the big one because He's been to four playoff games, and there's the drop-off. You, you don't see him more as a Dante Culpepper type? Um, no, no, not the same skill set. I think he I think he definitely has more of a Marino's game. Um, he's an accurate quarterback. Marino is, I mean, Marino definitely has way more skills in the, in the long ball. But, um, and he, he wasn't a game manager, which Andy Dalton is. But a lot of game managers have had long, great careers in the NFL. So, I'm not... That's yeah, Vinny Test. I think Vinny Test might be a good uh, a good comparison there, but um, you know, Vinny at least won some playoff games. Do either of you see uh, Dalton as the next Jay Cutler? No, absolutely not. Not enough cigarettes. <laughs> Jay Cutler is a, is brooding. I think Andy Andy Dalton is just as a public perception. I think even their game is a little bit different. Andy Dalton is not a gunslinger. He's too afraid to make mistakes which is why he makes so many. Um, Jay Cutler is just, you know, apathetic in all, in all senses of, the, of his game. So, which is why he makes so many mistakes. While we're talking about uh, people close to your heart, uh, the Cowboys have had an interesting offseason. They've moved DeMarco Murray off to... Uh, well, DeMarco Murray's moved off to Philly. Uh, the offensive line stays in place. Either of you guys drafting any Cowboys running backs this year, or, or is that something you're staying away from? I think no higher than a flex situation. You can't count on them because of the rotation. But at the same time, at least the number one and number two running backs can put up some numbers. I don't know if you guys saw Emmitt Smith's comments about uh, the offensive line last year. But if he said that 
with those holes, he would have ran for 2,500 yards uh, last year as a dig to Murray. Um, again, Julius Randle just got to keep from getting arrested. He's probably one more arrest away from being unemployed. Darren McFadden is, is Darren McFadden, unfortunately. I think he's cooked. Uh, but Lance Dunbar, an interesting interesting waiver wire watch there. And the line should be better with Leo Collins. I don't think the starting running back for the Cowboys is on the roster right now. And I will tell you that I will be waiting and wait on the waiver wire to pick up an undraft or an unsigned guy around week two or three. Interesting. Do you have any intel there, or is Thank this you. just a feeling? What's that? Is there any intel behind this, or is this just a feeling? No, I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm not, I don't have a direct line to Babe Loftenberg or uh, Todd Archer or anything like that, but what I do know is that the guys on the roster now, uh, they're not DeMarco Murray, and uh, once the, uh, the horses are out of the gate, we're going to see that very, very soon. I think by the end of preseason, you're going to say, okay, the guy who we need is not on, on the roster, and they're, they're going to go pick up a guy who's sitting on the bench, and I think they're not afraid and I'm going to show my hand a little bit here. They're not afraid to make some waves and uh, take on some guys with character issues, and they might go after Ray Rice. Or Ray Rice? Mm-hmm. Rice, or they might try to uh, pump some life back into Chris Johnson. <laughs> I'm hearing Chris Johnson is out and not under consideration. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm, Ray Rice. Never, I have we'll not the same about Ray Rice. Ray Rice, Lyle Collins. Who else is there with a character issue on, on the Cowboys? They just uh, oh, they Brady took Greg Curry, Hardy. Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. What Dale a team. Collins might have killed somebody. They don't know. Well, Risman, you don't have a. You, I mean, you can't really be proud of that Cowboys team considering all these guys with character issues. So I've heard this, and this is a rumor. I'd like you to confirm or deny. But I've heard you've really got on the Vikings bandwagon this year, and you've got some Vikings that you're really interested in. Is that correct? I am uh, I am very high on the Vikings. I think oh Adrian wow! Could coming from coming after my uh, my points on the Vikings today. Right, my coattails There, there's a player. There's a player I'm watching very closely on the Vikings roster, uh, who I cannot name publicly until after the draft, which he is on my roster. But um, I think they're going to have a dynamic receiving core. I uh, like Teddy in year two. I like that. The play action is going to be a huge part of their game with AP coming back, looking like he's in great shape. And I love their draft, all defense, and uh, work in the trenches on offense. Eubank, your, your thoughts well, on the Vikings? They, they've got Mike Zimmer, who is the mastermind of the, the architect. <laughs> Bengals defense of the 12-13 uh, seasons there, um, where they were sacking people like it was nobody's business. Um, I do like the Vikings also. I think they make a serious um, step. I think it's all stacked up in the A or the NFC North this year. I can't really pick anybody coming out. I know uh, Green Bay is the favorite, but you know they their defense has, has always been shaky, and they've had to rely on Aaron Rodgers. If something happens there, you, nothing you, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and the Bears are always dangerous when Jay Cutler's behind behind the center. Um, <laughs> and I say that with a smile because. Maybe not. They could win both um, games. They could win four. That's right. It's true. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater is definitely going to make a step. And I think the person that Adam's talking about is um, Kyle Rudolph. Really? The tight end who had a 35-point season last year, who was thought of very highly 
um, yes. coming into the draft last year, if we if we can recall, I think he was um, top six round pick. Yeah, as a tight end, that's pretty good. And he had uh, a lot of um, a lot of suitors coming after him. And I think the low stat number, the low projected stat number, is going to make his stock fall a little bit this year. Um, but he is definitely going to be a big part of that offense. Do you see a rebound for Cordero Patterson at all this year, or is he is he done and dusted? I don't think he's going to do much this season. I think uh, his his role his role has been usurped by Mike Wallace. And, uh, and I um, Char- I can Charles tell you Jones. this too, he will not he will not be returning kicks or punts by week three. Interesting. Maybe maybe even the beginning of the season. They have somebody else now. Uh. I mean, we've talked Vikings. Uh, any other teams that really sort of tickle any, you guys? Anybody else out on the Lions? Oh, oh how do you Lions? feel about Joke Bell this year? He's uh, well, I'll, I I I don't like Amir Abdullah. I think he's too small. I think he's going to get banged up just like Reggie Bush. He's a he's a low brow Reggie Bush. He's like a Delta bottom feeder Reggie Bush. So uh, I do like Joke Bell this year. Probably better than anybody else on that team. <laughs> He's already hurt, isn't he? Joint Bell's coming off. There. He is. He's hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the Lions this year. Stafford's certainly a guy I think a lot of people are staying away from. Calvin Johnson seems to be dropping down to the second round of drafts because of injury concerns. Uh, Golden Tate is kind of the only guy whose stock seems high after last year. No, I don't like him. I don't, I don't like slot receivers. What about... Uh, I did. What about the 49ers? The Niners are an interesting proposition. Definitely the defense is something you want to stay away from. They've been good for the last five years. Some name recognition drafters might accidentally take them. Um, perhaps Cousin Dan might get them in the 12. Cousin Dan. But um, I think Carlos Hyde is something to keep your eye on. Um, I don't think I'd draft him personally, but I think he who might draft them might have some good trade bait after week three or four. I don't think he's going to make the whole season just because he's a little, you know, underprepared. What, second round, or second year? Is he second year or third year? Second year. This is uh, year two for Hyde. He's, he's the snake bitten second right. year. Beware. The snake bitten. Yeah, that's right. He might come off, come out of the gates, real hot, and then, you know, that's you know, the thing. You can, you can buy. You can buy low on these rookies and get get high value. And all these second year guys, their value shoots through the roof. Usually they underachieve. Year three is where they really settle into their uh, appropriate valuation spot. Right, but Carlos had a pretty, you know, tepid year last yeah. year. I think he ever gained over 100 yards. He only scored, you know, somewhere between six and nine touchdowns. Can, can we can we call him a uh, a substitute teacher version of Jeremy Hill? Uh, yeah, I think so. Without yeah, that, gets fair. I think the the uh, San Francisco line isn't as good as the Bengals line, so. That's where you over, you, over under week eleven. Colin Kaepernick no longer starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> I don't see that. That's an outrageous. That's one. not happening. I that that's not happening. Over. Oh, it's absolutely happening. Uh, Blaine Gabbard is I mean, never is never staff, stepping on a football field. Is not a fan. Blaine's never stepping on a football field again. Eubank, we, he, could, he could he could be the rare mid season trade like week six. They could just dump him off to. I doubt it. I very much doubt Oakland picking up anyone. Uh, Eubank, we talked about we talked about the Giants the other day uh, and the Giants running back committee. 
in particular, Rashad Jennings, Andre Williams, Shane Vereen. And you said you're high on all three of these guys. What what sort of draft, what rounds do you see a guy like guys like Jennings and Vereen and, and Williams going? Now, if I have any advice on the Giants' backfield, I'd say draft all three of them, to be honest with you. If you, if you can't draft all three, um, draft at least uh, Vereen and Williams, just because I think by week four, um, Coughlin's going to wake up and he's going to say, okay, this Vereen guy can catch the ball. He, he has great vision in the hole, and uh, he's not you know, just blindly running into the backs by tackles like Rashad Jennings does. So I think by week four, you're going to see Shane Green step up and get at least 15 to 20 carries a, a game. You're going to see Andre Williams come in and, and sort of bolster some touchdowns. So to hands up yourself, you're going to want both of those guys. I think Green is a really good value pick in like the 12th, the 11th, 12th round as the RB4, maybe an RB5 carrying that many guys in your roster. Jennings is not long for this this world. The guy's never had more than 167 carries in a season, and that was last year when he only played 11 games. Uh, second lowest yards per carry average of his career last year at 3.8. Uh, I think Andre Andre is the the thunder, and Vereen's the lightning, and Rashad Jennings is the chopping block. <laughs> uh, we're, in, we're in cahoots on that one. I like that. I like that call. The question, the question on that, on that one is, when do you pull the trigger? Because there's going to be a lot of guys eyeing that, that backfield. So I think the, the Giants' offense is going to really make some steps this year. I think Eli, Eli showed some serious promise in the passing game last year. They've got two great uh, receivers on the outside and another guy on the slot, Ruben Randall, coming in. I think he's a good, a good value pick later in later rounds. Um, because I, I don't think both of those guys are going to stay healthy for the whole year, uh, Victor Cruz and um, Odell Beckham Jr. So I, I'm really, uh, I'm really interested to see how the, how the draft plays out for the Giants. Could you, can you win a final title in 2015? Do you want to name one? Do you want to name one? Good question. I think Eli is the, the provocative choice, as Matt Stafford has been for so many years. Um, Matt Stafford has been the guy who's been like, okay, well. This team does nothing but pass the ball, and he's got some pretty stacked receivers. And the the game, uh, the, the way they, they run their offense, is, is really indicative to scoring touchdowns through the passing game. Um, but Stafford is just such a you know such an anomaly that he, he I mean he makes good throws and he and he gets good points, but he can never carry a team. So Eli, I think, is the guy who's accurate enough. He has the experience. More than Stafford to actually carry a team like that. He has yeah, scored think, Romo, River, I, Romo, Rivers, and Cutler last year. Yeah, I think Eli could be a starting quarterback on a championship team. Another guy, now, let me throw this out there, and I want to hear your, your thoughts and opinions on this. What do you guys think about Ryan Tannehill? No, I'm out on Tannehill. I think I think there's a little bit too much hype around him, but the Dolphins in general are very interesting this year because of the changes they've made to their receiving core. But I think because they've made so many changes, it's going to take a little while for for everyone and everything to click there. So I I'm I would actually be higher on Eli or maybe even Phil Rivers again. Uh, and I'd take one of those guys over Tannehill. And I think you can probably get those guys, Eli and Rivers, in the ninth or tenth round of a draft. Yeah, I, I don't know if... Uh... I don't know if Tannehill has the offensive line to live up to all the expectations that are put in place with the receivers. They've 
they've acquired and drafted this year. Uh, I do like what they've done at running back. I think they've got a really good committee, similar to the Giants, where you'd want to pick up a handful of them. You don't want to just ride Lamar Miller or Jay Ajayi, but uh, together they could give you some nice plug-and-play options to flex. But I just, you know, they've, they've had some uh, some drama the last couple of years on their offensive line. And until those guys can, you know, go out to Chuck E. Cheese and share a pizza together, I don't think they can block for the guy. Now, if, if I can make a comment on Philip Rivers, I think he's, I think he's toast. I think he's one of those. It feels like we've been driving this rickety car for a while, and it's, there's some weird clicking. The engine light came on, and we we really don't know what's wrong with it. But we're gonna keep driving it, and this is the year that he he breaks down on the side of the road and is totaled. Um, to me, I think by week, I'd, I'd give a week six or six or seven where he's you know got a nagging another knee injury or maybe a shoulder. Um, because he's not very well protected down there in San Diego. He and fell I think up, drafting him would be, um, you know, not yeah. not a great idea. He fell apart towards the end of last season, certainly. And uh, he was kind of creaking into the end there in weeks 14, 15, 16, scoring around 10 fantasy points a week. Uh, you don't think the arrival of Melvin Gordon will... will Mel Gore! ...will help the run game at all and... Uh, and take a bit of pressure. I, I think Melgore is a shot of B12 for the guy. I don't know. I think he's parts out of it, too. You've, you've read these pressers where he's like, oh, I don't want to move to L.A. I don't want to move my team, my family. I'm a good Christian man. You know, transient lifestyle is not for me. So I, I don't know. Maybe he's disgruntled. I mean, we will we will find out to see if anyone grabs rivers towards what, the end there. In... What, what round did he go... Look in your crystal ball. What round is it appropriate to draft a quarterback? Oh, well, I think it's rounds 8, 9, and 10 are great quarterback rounds this year. I think I kind of agree a little bit with, with Eubank there that uh, tight end and QB, I think, are the deepest we've seen in quite some time. Uh, I think you've got guys you could start in, you know, you could. I mean, we, even have, we haven't even talked about the Eagles yet. And Sam Bradford as a possible starting I was gonna say, quarterback. And the, yeah, the current Yahoo quarterback rankings, at 17 you've got Sam Bradford, 18 you've got Carson Palmer. Both intriguing options that are available like round 13. Well, even if you grabbed even if you grabbed a few of those guys, you know, then and, and kind of uh, hedged your bets a little bit, if you were to grab, for example, Bradford, Cutler, and, uh, and Eli... You'd be pretty guaranteed there that one of those guys is going to have a fairly good season, I would think. First of all, he who drafts three QBs is destined to miss the playoffs. Oh, but what else are you going to do with picks picks 13 through 16? You take flyers on the handcuffs, you hope for injuries, you, you uh, take a... Well, maybe not three, but two. You could take two of these guys. You I, could take... I, I only draft rookies after round 12. Yeah. Exactly. Take your flyers at the skill position. But Eubank, what about uh, what are your feelings on Bradford? And and obviously a lot of it's to do with injury. But are you are you in on Eagles this year, or is, is Kelly's system too unpredictable? I think there's too many guys. I I don't. There's like Kelly, as you know, is a spread offense, and he, he gets it to everybody. So if you're, if we're talking strict, I mean, they might have a great season, but if we're talking strictly fantasy value. There's not a lot of guys on that team that you know I'm I'm drooling over. So I don't I don't think Sam. I mean I don't know if Sam Bradford's even going to be the starter there. There's Sanchez who's no. been there for a while. There's Tebow who might uh, 
the now we're talking uh, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly needs. <laughs> he has risen. He might come. He in. has risen. Nice. Now, now, uh, it, you it sounds like Sam, Gra- you, uh, Sam Bradford doesn't want to sign his contract, or doesn't he wants a better contract, or something like that. Which is weird because he has no days. I don't know what you're doing on uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time on August 16th. It's a Sunday, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're heading back to the airport in Seattle at that time or not. But that's when Tim Tebow's first preseason game as an Eagle kicks off. Well, I'll I will uh, I'll probably be on a plane watching it. Streaming it somehow. Hopefully, we can get that content via Alaskan Airlines or whatever. I have a but couple. Is, but is Jordan Matthews is Jordan Matthews potentially a, a steal at wide receiver too? No, I'm, I don't draft any skill position for the for the Eagles because, like I said, they spread it around. They've got seven running backs and eight wide receivers. It's, it's going to be crazy. Everybody's going to get one touchdown a year. I have a couple of final questions to finish up. Eubank, I know your time is precious. Um, just a couple of quick-fire questions here to, to get your opinions on. I'd love to know your, uh, both of you, um, starting with you, Andrew, your uh, rookie of the year and your bust of the year at this stage. All right. My rookie of the year is going to be Amari Cooper. I think he's going to have a big year for uh, Carr and, and the Oakland Raiders down there. And my bust of the year... It's got to be Antonio Bryant. I mean, Antonio <laughs> Bryant. <laughs> We've come oh, full circle. I've, I've infiltrated your psyche. I've gotten through to you. Uh, like, have gotten through. Oh, that's great. Risman, yep. rook of the year, bust of the year. Uh, all right, screw it. You make, you make called me on my shit. I've got Tevin Coleman as my rookie of the year. Uh, I think he's <laughs> yeah. an absolute stud for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm willing to drive up his value publicly, just to make somebody else reach for him. Uh, my bust of the year, someone that uh, is going mid-first round a lot of drafts right now, C.J. Anderson. Oh. In the first round a lot of drafts. Absolute, absolute flash in the pan. Late, late first round, early second, I've seen that a couple of times. I am out on C.J. Anderson completely. Interesting. I think the Broncos' offense falls apart this year. Interesting. I have... Uh... Under- I have as my rook of the year another wide receiver of a Kevin White in Chicago. I think is going to come along and take the role of of Marshall, and I think Cutler. Great pick. Appreciate like it. <laughs> Bust of the year is a guy who I, I again I'd love to get Eubanks' opinion on on his on this one. Uh, Peyton Manning, I think, is going to drop out of the top top eight quarterbacks for 2015. I don't think that's true. I think uh, Peyton Manning in the third round is a steal. I think if you can get that guy, he's going to be chugging along. I mean, he had a, a strange leg injury at the end of the year, which was why they lost the playoff game and all that good stuff. But he seems it, it seems like the offense there is tailored to keep him upright, which is good for him. And if he's as long as he's upright, he's going to he's going to score two touchdowns a game, three touchdowns a game. So I don't. Are you know, not a believer? Are you not a believer in the uh, curse of Tebow? Mm-hmm. No, he's not. The Broncos cannot succeed. It's impossible. It's impossible. I think they're a playoff team, and I think that he gets 38 touchdowns. Well, we will see. Uh, we'll see soon enough as well. Drafts are coming up. Uh, that's about all the time we have for today. Any final comments uh, from the panel? I just want to remind Eubanks that he's entering the third year of his championship drought. 
and um, you know, water water is minimal. The uh, sand just seems to send off into the distance. Um, what's your strategy for getting out of the desert alive? Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have a solid draft. As you know, last year I was pretty snake bitten by uh, injuries and and suspensions and things of that nature. So I, I just just gonna hope and pray to the football gods that nothing tragic happens between here and, and week 16. Can we look for you to draft only high-character guys this year as a result? Um, I don't think you can draft anybody higher character than Adrian Peterson, so I'm, I'm going to let I'm gonna let it fly and see, and see what happens. Uh, well, thanks very much for joining, and uh, we'll be back with more talk very soon. I'm sorry. I'm extremely sorry. You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season, and you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season, and you never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season.